Renaturing is bringing together all of the pieces of who we are at the deepest, most natural level to a cohesive, conscious whole. This means stripping away what we learned but doesn't serve us anymore. It means learning, relearning who we are and how to trust that. Because once we have that knowledge and trust, we get to be who we were always meant to be. It feels like freedom or coming home. It feels like predestiny because we stray so far becoming denatured in our effort to become modern day humans. I'm Betsy Kudlinski. I learned how to be a modern human. I did it and had all the things I was supposed to, but I was desperately sick and unhappy, lost. I felt trapped in a cage, but I couldn't see the bars. Some part of me knew this was wrong. I knew I was meant for more, or at least something different. How could life possibly be about miserably trudging along until I died? This podcast is about the essential pieces in the process of renaturing. It's only about me in as much as my story can be helpful as a material example of renaturing. Really, it's about you and all of us. Return to your nature. Hey, um, today I'm going to talk about energy, and it's actually kind of interesting. I've been planning on talking about energy for two weeks, and last week I dramatically overextended myself on one day. The next day I was supposed to record this podcast and this episode, and couldn't. <laughs> there was I had nothing, and I had nothing the next day either, and um, so. So it's actually kind of ironic <laughs> that I was going to talk about energy and its relation to renaturing and all the things that I talk about. And, um, and I abruptly had to rethink it all for a moment. And um, so I had to push back the launch of the podcast. Um, Brian was kind enough not to hate for that. And uh, <laughs> I, it, was, it was kind of crazy but I'm back and I'm better than ever. Um, so energy. When I think of energy, I have like a science background um, and like a science in nature, obviously. But when I think of nature, I think of like the science, I mean, energy, excuse me. When I think of energy, I think of like the scientific definition of energy as like the ability to do work, um, being like uh, heat and light and movement and chemical and electrical, gravitational energy, like all these like things that create energy and um, and and uh, create usable energy. And um, and I also have this other side of me, and um, I'm finally learning to merge all of my sides into one, which is obviously it's renaturing, right? Um, creating an entire whole. But the other side is the like the holistic definition of energy of um, like, it's almost so so I also read fantasy novels. And in fantasy, I, th I think that one of the criteria for fantasy is magic. And so energy in the holistic sense seems to me a lot like fantasy novel magic. <laughs> where you know like we have we have energy centers in our body we have energy within our body all living things have energy and holistic healing is um 
using that energy and healing the centers of our body that aren't um, that are unbalanced in creating or distributing or using energy. And um, so our bodies obviously make energy in the scientific sense, right? Like to have a heartbeat, you have electrical energy. Um, neurons spark little electrical pulses and our heart contracts. So all of our muscles contract via electrical pulses. Um, so there's, I'm working on this conceptual stuff of like working like the, the sheer scientific, like uh, Western idea of energy and combining it and like having it really fit into and having it be understandable to me within the also um, what would be possibly considered the Eastern concept of energy, like the, the holistic healing type of um, definition or concept of energy. Um, so it's really interesting to be ahead when I'm ta talking or thinking about energy because um, I feel like it's two different concepts and one is like woo-woo and crazy because I grew up science-minded in the Western culture and like rooted there. And at the same time, like uh, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I um, learned how to do level one and level two Reiki. And at that time, I was even more deeply rooted into like Western scientific, like concrete, you know, like you, I'm sure Brian, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like only provable things. <laughs> and, um, and I, the problem was that while I was learning Reiki, I felt it. Like I, I can feel like the heat and the tingling and like the pull of like this area or that area. And for a little while, it just weirded me out so much. I was like, nope, can't, nope, nope, can't. And yet I could feel it. And I want like it, it, it I don't want to say called to me, but like it was something that I really wanted to do on some level. And so I, I said, all right, all right, I'm just going to set down. I'm just going to set down my scientific side and go, okay, well, I'll just do this. Like, I'll just do this and I won't think about it. <laughs> it just, I just won't. And um, I stopped doing Reiki for years because I, life happened and toxic life happened and I stopped doing anything that I wanted to do ever. Um, but it's been this part of me knowing that there's more. It was probably the entree for me into spirituality i think it's the the idea that there's it's possible to hold paradoxical things within your body and mind it's possible to um not understand but also know it's true whatever it is so um i don't consider myself an energy healer i don't consider myself um particularly holistic. I guess whenever I start leaning towards holistic stuff, I look for the scientific basis, the Western scientific basis for everything. And, and that goes with energy. So when I think about our energy, I think about, for instance, how having um, chronic illness or physical or mental um, 
health conditions can decrease our energy. And I just mean energy level. I don't mean when I'm talking about the thing, I don't mean like our balanced chakras um, or the, the Chinese equivalent of that. I don't know enough about that to draw the corollaries. Um, I've actually, when I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking about really wanting to make sure that I got um, somebody in that field, in those fields, at least one somebody to talk about that stuff so that I can learn more and so that I can share with you guys. Because um, unlike 15 years ago, <laughs> I learned about this stuff initially, I am open to learning more. And that's, it's an exciting place to be. It's exciting to be open and willing to, to learn about stuff that isn't necessarily, um, doesn't necessarily fit with my concept and understanding of the world as it is. Um, it doesn't mean that I uh, follow that stuff after I learn about it, but it's really fun to to open <laughs> to new things. So, um, Brian, have you ever heard of spoon theory? I'm not. Okay. This is, I, um, I have to apologize in advance. I do not remember the woman's name, but I do know that she is a um, lupus, um, a, a person that struggles with lupus. Um, and I actually don't know a ton about lupus itself, but she was, um, she was at lunch or at least in a restaurant with a friend of hers. And she was talking about like the struggles or whatever. And her friend was like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Can you explain what you're talking about in a different way? And she kind of like struggled for a minute. And then she looked around and the restaurant was fairly empty, I guess. And she went to various tables around them and she gathered up all of the spoons that were at the place settings. And she brought them back to her table and she said, okay, in a given day, I have six spoons and it takes one spoon to get out of bed and dressed. It takes one spoon to shower. It takes one spoon to actually feed myself, just one meal. And it takes another spoon to just contemplate the day. And you know, that's four spoons. That's four spoons gone, just getting ready for the day. And I only have two left because I don't have a ton of spoons. So she she was talking about how she had to decide what she was going to do. Was she going to do those things? Was she going to skip the shower because she needed to make a phone call about her insurance? Or was she going to, um, what was she going to skip? She talks about or talked about um, how it's possible to borrow spoons from the next day, but that that only works to a point. It means that the next day you really honestly don't have that many spoons. And sometimes it extends to the day after. So this is what I was talking about, about really overextending myself. I did way too much last Saturday. Um, I knew it was coming and I had hoarded my spoons the day before. I sat around and did nothing the day before. And I used every single spoon in my like cash, like every spoon. And I apparently borrowed spoons from the entire next five days. I didn't feel back to myself until yesterday, probably. So there's, there's a, there's another 
kind of analogy that I heard more recently that's um, less tangible. It's it's um, it's just less tangible, I guess, to me. And I've been working with spoon theory for so long. Um, something about you know the average normal healthy whatever person um, has ten hours that they can use in a day um, for work and for house cleaning and for um, you know uh, errands and picking up the kids and playing with the kids and you know they've got 10 hours 10 good hours that they can do stuff with and um the person that was discussing this said i have four i have four good hours in a day the rest of the time i'm i might look like a functional human being but i'm not and i know this entire thing intimately i have fewer challenges than for instance my partner or um those in my family that grew up with chronic illnesses or i grew up with them having chronic illnesses i talked about that but i have fewer workable hours in a day and for me going to a day job and making dinner afterwards is it like that's that's it. I can't really add extra things, although I try occasionally. <laughs> sometimes I do. Like sometimes I'll I'll um, add a podcast interview after work, and and then I'm like, okay, can't cook dinner now. Not gonna can't do it. <laughs> um, so I have to be really careful with my energy, my my stored energy, and the stuff that I get. I also sleep ton figured out, you know, we were talking about our bodies. I figured out how much my body needs to sleep. And it's nine to 10 hours, frankly, you know, like they say, they say that anything over nine hours, you should talk to a doctor because you might not be like getting the most out of your sleep. Well, I did. I have, I've had a sleep study. I know that I do not function optimally with less than 10 hours of sleep. And even then, I can't do what I watch normal, healthy people do. <laughs> I just I just look with awe at people who can like run a business with a bunch of employees and like also have a family. <laughs> or or like the farmers, the people who actually own the farms that I work for and they work 7 days a week and like morning and evening and I'm just like whoa no mm -mm, not can't nope <laughs> it's uh it's crazy so this concept of energy has a different like a more the risk of sounding repetitive tangible <laughs> reason or a tangible handle to me than just the scientific definition of the ability to do work or the holistic, like having your chakras aligned and having the energy flow, you know, go from head to toe or above the head to toe and into the ground and have everything move nicely. Now, I like both of those definitions and I work with my chakras to the extent that I'm a lot, uh, um, uh, educated, able. And I understand and kind of enjoy getting into the science mind of energy and using fuel and combustion and and solar power to create energy and electricity i think that stuff is awesome and really interesting and when i think energy 
I come down to how much I have, how I can use it, and in my case, how much my partner has and how he can use it, what I can ask of him. I don't have necessarily the energy to also keep the house clean as well as working a day job and making sure we're both fed consistently. So he, his, his things that he does that he can do are the laundry and he can fill the dishwasher. He can't wash pots and pans, but um, so we kind of make, make a thing of it. Like that's how we get along. We're both kind of limping along and we're both amazing people and considering our energy levels and um, comparing our energy levels to those of, I don't know, the healthy normal people and what they push themselves to, having been a healthy normal person or at least telling myself that for years and running myself straight into the ground, straight into a bed, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many, how much energy people really, really have, or if they just pretend like they have all that energy and then they make up for it somehow. I don't know. Brian, what do you have for energy? Like, what's your energy level? What do you have in a good day? You know, I've, I guess I've never really thought of my days in like energy pockets of energy uh, or spoons, kind of in that theory. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, for me, it, it depends on what I'm doing. Um, cause I can get a boost of energy if I'm doing something I really, really love to do. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a, a chore or a task. So <clears throat> I think I can e e stretch out my, my energy through the day, but you know, generally I think on a day-to-day -day basis, I get up, uh, kind of like an old Ford. It takes me about an hour to really warm up and, and get going uh then i have about four solid hours that i could find some productivity before mm -hmm. i need to take a step back <laughs> and kind of recharge mm -hmm. my battery um and then actually the more i think about it, i think it's kind of like four on four off four on four off for me because there'll, there'll be four hours of solid productivity i can get a lot done i can do a lot i feel good and then there's about a four hour window that I just kind of need to recharge. I need to take a step back. Uh, but then after that, I've got about another four hours that I could really into something. So um, it's kind of an ebbs and flow type, you know, approach to my days. But like I said, depending on we might be able to stretch mm -hmm. that out. A little. Yeah, I, I, that's a I really good point, actually. I wonder, like, when you, when you were talking about energy and like your your energy and <clears throat> If you if you found yourself at like say a theme park and you were riding rides mm -hmm. and you were on roller coasters, <clears throat> what would your energy look? Would you still would that wear you out rather quickly? Because it does for me. Um, anytime I do like to ride roller coasters, but I've got about four rides and then I'm done. Like I, I don't want to ride anymore. My body and my brain is just like we're we've ex you know we've expended what we've had. Um, yeah. Which is kind of sad considering, you know, most what roller coasters are about, you know, 30, seems like 30 seconds to a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lucky. But what kind of, what, what does, what would something like that do? Your energy well, I can't specific? do the, the specific corollary because it's mm. been probably 20 years, 23 years since I was at a theme park. But, um, you know, you brought up the interesting point of like, if you, if you, are doing something that brings you energy, that gives you energy. Um, it's, 
it works for me. If I'm doing something that is absorbing or I get into the flow of something, I can do it for longer and I still pay for it the next day. Like I still have less energy the next day. So something like um, a theme park like that, or actually let me tell you about my, my day last Saturday. I was setting up bees for a guy. I was setting up a um, apiary, a bee yard for a guy. And so I went with all the materials and everything. It was an hour and a quarter to get there, drive. So that takes a little bit out of me. And then I set up, like first we discussed um, where it was going to be and walked around. And then we set up, I set up, made sure that the platform that the bees were going to be on was level. So it was digging and it was hefting around cinder blocks. And, um, and then putting up the fence, he actually put the fence posts in, which was really helpful because that would have taken it out of me, but I was perfectly willing to do it. So setting up the electric fence for the, for around the bee um, platform and then kind of explaining the whole time what I was doing. And I love to teach. So that feels energizing to me. So I feel like I can do that for a really long time, teaching or um, guiding people, coaching, doing stuff like like I'm doing right now. This feels energizing to me. It's freaking awesome. Um, and I feel like I could do it for a really long time. Um, and then, so so I was just kind of chugging along. And then I I left there and I actually had to drive two and a half hours to go get the bees from the great big uh it's called apiary um where they breed bees and have a ton of tons and tons of bees and bunches of employees and everything it's a really cool place um so I I I had figured out my <laughs> my caffeine needs and how long caffeine stays in my system so I got a I got a coffee drink on my way and I drank the coffee on my way up there so the two and a half hour drive took a little out of me I was there for five minutes maybe five minutes turned around drove two and a half hours back so that took it out of me and um just the micro movements and the attention needed to drive and then I set the bees up in 45 minutes maybe yeah maybe 45 minutes and then I drove an hour and a quarter home and I was fine. Like I didn't start getting tired until like 30 minutes from home and I wasn't like exhausted. So because of the changes, Brian, of what I was doing each moment, you were talking about like four hours, four hours changing like that. I think I've also heard scientific turn things about like 90 minutes, you know, doing, doing things in 90 minute segments and then changing and doing something else for 90 minutes. But um, because I, I kept doing different things, and while I was driving, the places where I was driving were beautiful. So I was paying attention to that. I was listening to a book, stuff like that. Um, I, I, I still felt fine when I got home. Like I, I was aware that I was tired and I was able to fall asleep pretty well. But I was dead. Like, you know, you talked to me the next morning and I was just like, I can't. I can't. I can't do anything. <laughs> it's just like... I sat around all Sunday and watched what amounted to like Hallmark movies because I couldn't even read. Like I couldn't surf the web. I just like laid on the couch and did nothing. And so I guess sometimes I get tired out by things. Like I can tell I get tired out by things, but like 
when I work, I'll be fine for for like the whole day. And then I sit down in my car because like I when I work, I'm on my feet all day. And then I'll sit down in the car. And by the time I get home, I'm like, holy crap, I'm way more tired than I thought that I was. Part of it may be a holdover from my past life where I ignored my body and I'm trying to not do that. But it's also stimulation. Like at work, I'm connecting with other people. I'm doing things that are interesting. You know, I wouldn't necessarily call it like passion or I'm not in the flow of anything, but I get caught up in stuff. It's like what I do, I just get caught up in stuff. I get excited, do stuff. And um, I tend to not, I don't think to actively check in until my body is telling me something. How does that sound? Like, do you have anything in there that caught your attention? Yeah. I mean, I think listening to your body, that's, that's something that I've started off that I don't think I ever relaxed. And just, you know, and my big catch was listening to the body, but actually doing what the body is saying it needed, whether it's rest, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, because it seems like when my body's saying, get up and move, I'm kind of in a lethargic state. And then when it wants to rest, I'm like, but I'm, I'm being productive. So I don't want to stop, you know? Uh, So I think I've, think I fight against Mm -hmm. my body a lot. So that's something I need to take better uh, notes on or something. It's something that I need to evaluate. Yeah. I think that's an important resolution to make and it's hard to do, right? Yeah. Cause I think, you know, in, in once you listen to your body, then you can schedule, you can schedule your day. Mm -hmm. And then have to change the schedule because something takes more out of you than you thought it was going to. Right. Or you got in a flow and could do things for longer. I love to schedule. Hey, don't get me wrong. I love to schedule my days. And yet somehow it actually paying attention to our bodies means that sometimes you have to throw the whole thing out the window and it just has to adapt and change. It's just how it goes. Hmm. So another um, facet of the energy stuff is I don't really know how to classify this because there's actual science behind trauma healing. Um, and this is this whole area is seems very similar to me to the holistic healing and blocked chakras and and using it that way. So I'm not really sure how to um, how to approach it, whether I, I talk about this as if it's um, a holistic healing, energy healing thing or whether it's um, a science, Western science based thing. I think this is one of those, this is one of those topics and examples where it starts to get, starts to come together. Both of them start to come together. So one of the things I know about trauma is that we hold it in our bodies. We have the memories of the horrible things that happened or the really hard things that happened. You know, it doesn't have to be like the acute traumas. We, we discussed that. Um, but we hold it in our bodies in specific places that aren't necessarily intuitive. Sometimes they are, sometimes it makes a ton of sense. And sometimes we don't have the slightest idea. Um, This also gets, I think, I think the connection in my mind, it also gets into a little bit our fascia, um, which is connective tissue throughout the body that literally makes us human shaped. It's like, it's under the skin, like holds us human shaped and then it's around our muscles and then it's around every single muscle fiber. 
And I, I, it's possible that it is like, because it's connective tissue, like it, it might actually, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm really fuzzy on this all. So I'm, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but we can get scar tissue within our fascia, just like we can get scar tissue anywhere else. And um, fascia has uh, nerve endings in it. So we can get um, pain signals or tension signals from our fascia. And um, so I think that all this stuff is connected. Um, and so, so this is where it dovetails into like energy blockages a la chakra or Reiki or any of the other energy healing modalities. Um, if we're stiff or sore or um, caught, like we, we have an old injury, whether it's an old injury like uh, uh, a broken bone or a twisted knee that's been healed for years. You know, I, I'm sure that Brian, you've got some scar tissue somewhere, something you did as a kid that, you know, tells you that the weather's changing or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you got something <clears throat> like that. I, I've got yeah. those elbows, knees. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. We have all got something. Um, but I think that so, so that is a place that, that flares when there's pressure changes, um, like air pressure changes. But this kind of stuff is, it's on, it's on a level that doesn't communicate itself clearly <laughs> to our minds. Um, if we find a place that's um, blocked or tied up or um, funky from a trauma, it can, like if we do something and move it just right, it can trigger us. And that doesn't make any sense, right? Like it doesn't make the slightest bit of sense to my Western trained mind that some stupid something that happened, you know, like I was sexually assaulted like a gazillion years ago and it's, it, it lives in my shoulder. What? No, that's crap. <laughs> but if you look at like, for instance, somatic experiencing, which is a trauma healing modality, um, it could be that I froze during that sexual assault. Like I froze instead of fighting back. And all I really wanted to do was push the dude away with my left hand. And I hold that in my shoulder because I didn't allow the motion happen because I froze. And so it sits there, it resides in my left shoulder as an uncompleted um, movement in, in defense of myself. And it means that randomly my left shoulder will start twitching and I don't understand it. Now, I actually, I actually do have a left shoulder twitch that I don't understand. It's like deep underneath my scapula. I don't understand why it's there. I'm going through SE trauma healing to figure out what the heck it is. I have other places as well, but I don't think it's actually related to that particular incident. But for the purposes of an explanation, um, that would be a random it's not random at all, but a blockage within my body that blocks the energy flow. It can um, come up as twitches. It can come up as like radiating pain that has no physiological reason. It can come up like all these things don't appear to have a physiological reason. They have mental reasons. So they're a um, psychosomatic thing to, an, to a certain degree. Um, research is saying that fibromyalgia is 
a great big body fuck you from trauma. And and I don't know. That that's an interesting thing. And <laughs> leads me to believe that we should pay attention. It gets back into the body and possibly energy healing, like holistic energy healing modalities and trauma healing modalities and stretching, fascia stretching or yoga or like taking taking it to the body cuz as I've said a gazillion times it's connecting with the body it's paying attention to our energy levels it's paying attention to our pain it's paying attention to uh tightness and what needs to happen within our bodies and and what our bodies are excited about like hey i all of a sudden have a feeling of lightness from you know like during my day i have a conversation with somebody and i have a feeling of lightness hey maybe i should perk up my because my body really likes this idea lightness hey, maybe I could do more with this. I could have more energy for this particular thing that we're talking about. So I'm super excited to learn more about energy. What I know of is respecting that I cannot do as much as other people. Respecting that there are other people who can do far less than I can. And it's not because they don't feel like it. And it's respecting the fact that other people can do tons. And I'm just not one of them. Support this podcast through the link in the episode description and get a chance to hear post-episode conversations. Help me decide on content and future guests. Ask questions, get answers. In the meantime, check out my website. Links can also be found in the description. I'm a freedom guide. If what I'm talking about, about renaturing and freedom and walking your own path makes you tingle all over or cry or jump up and down, I'm available and would be delighted to work one-on-one -on -one with you.